What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to the Viral Music Hub Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Lawrence O'Brien. And here today, I have um, a very interesting, unique individual and uh, a really good musician at, at that as well. Um, son of Anders, uh, also known as Eric. <laughs> Eric, <laughs> how are you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for that kind intro. Oh, yeah. oh man. I tell you... Um, when I say you stand out uh, from the pack, uh, like you really stand out from the pack. I mean, what you, wow, I, I, you. I find what you do. So I mean, I literally like, show you off to like my coworkers and stuff at work. <laughs> wow. I'm like, you gotta, like, you gotta watch this guy. It's crazy what he does. That's like, oh my god, he oh, does man. the he put drums on the guitar and plays it. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I can never do. I can't even finger pick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I just I think you have that. such an immense amount of talent and the amount of patience to perfect that sort of, of style. Where did you, where did you come up with that? Like, <laughs> where, where did you, like, who inspired you to, to come up with doing that yeah. sort of style and trademark, like your trademark uh, style? Sure. No, that's a, uh, uh, thank you for the question. Um, it's a, it, I think it's, so I'm classically trained. Oh, uh, no, studied, kid, no kidding. Studied, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I studied classical guitar yeah. in college, actually. It was one of my majors. And um, and so I would say most of what I've developed has kind of been from that and then flamenco. Like, I'm a big Paco de Lucia fan. So I listen to a lot of him and a lot of his uh, records. You know, uh, I like to think I'm still young, but like when I was when I was very young, um, and, uh, and then, uh, and then just probably just being a rock and roll fan, you know, it's just, it's the kick snare, kick, kick snare, yeah, kind of like, yeah. you know, and, and wanting to cover those songs, which is what I do on the social media. Um, it just seemed natural to blend, you know, it's like, how can I cover, uh, a rock and roll song just on the guitar? Because, uh, you know, a lot of us just trying to capture the same momentum and energy that these bands do. Um, when you get down to it, it's kind of how I try to think about it. But anyway, yeah, so <laughs> I'm just rambling on that. But yeah, no, that's really, it, I feel like it's that simple. And then it just sort of happened spontaneously from like ticks. I just, I would, I would honestly be just like, just improving, And then I do sort of something. And then I'd be like, wait, that sounded kind of cool. How did I do that? And I try to rework it. And then I would just refine it into a technique. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I still do that. And, and then covering the rock and roll songs has sort of facilitated developing new techniques to do uh, and and encapsulate certain melodies. Um, yeah, because, you know, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that answered it right. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I mean, I think I think it's amazing what you're able to do when you cover songs, because I mean, I think, you know, and I, I guess I, you know, I could be guilty of this sometimes too. I guess, some, you know, when people do cover sometimes, sometimes we tend to want to do the exact song, you know, mm -hmm. exactly like, oh my God, if I don't do this exactly mm -hmm. the way it was played in the studio, what am I doing? You know, yeah. and I think we got to get caught up in that sometimes. You just make these things your own, man. Like, it's just like, it's like, I know the song, but it's like, <laughs> you're, you made it like your song. And I think yeah. that's so good to be able to do that as a cover oh, artist in general, you know, like. You know, cover bands are cool. Like, don't get me wrong. I love cover bands. I love, you know, but like a lot of times they do, you know, kind of this, the same thing that is done a lot of the times where you, it's you would just, you know, complete a different spin on 
on a on a track you know and it's just it's just different it's like a different song almost sometimes um but yeah, well, like, at the same time i recognize the song but it's not yeah. the song it's right it, and i think that's really cool and i think it's something that people should keep in mind when doing covers mm-hmm. and like i said i should heed my own advice sometimes but i don't <laughs> all the time but yeah um no I, it's something i've i feel like i've kind of always raged against actually because uh <laughs> uh yeah i mean uh there was this musicologist that came and talked to our class one time in college and he was, you know, from a, a Ivy league and oh. he was telling us, this is how Bach is played. And I just remember getting in an argument with him. Like, what why? The, it's like, you don't, Bach didn't even know how it was played at certain times. It's just like it, a piece is, is not a stagnant thing. Uh, and trying to get at what, you know, this is just a, a stupid question. I think that people no, Okay. I I'm being too <laughs> harsh, but I, you know, it's a, it's a question worth asking, like, what did the composer want the piece to sound like? But it is, it is one that I feel like you can, you can go insane asking because there is no answer because again, even the composer's conception is going to change. I know this as a composer. I think any composer knows that. It's like I can think of a thousand ways one song could be done and it could still be good. It's just, you know, a lot of what I my opinion about when people uh, think a song is good is really based off of just kind of priming. Like if you've if you've heard a song like it, you're going to like it that style a little bit more. Or if you heard it and you didn't hear a new iteration of it before, you're going to be more likely to, to like the one that you, you know, had heard a long time ago. Like, you know, I think uh, people don't understand how strong sort of the biasing effect of uh, audiology really is, oh, I guess is what I'm getting I, at. We can talk about that anyway. Oh, I'm yeah. a little out of I'm my going bounds, to. but I'm not completely out of the bounds. <laughs> I don't care if I am out of bounds. I will talk about it because um, <laughs> it, it's the, the thing. My thing is here is like, I love classical music, you know, and mm-hmm. like, it's, it's awesome. It's so cool to be classically trained. It's so cool to have that knowledge of it in at the same time. That's what bothers me is people like that that can tell you how to perceive an art form. Mm -hmm. If you're involved in music and you're telling people how to perceive art, you're, you are completely missing the point of music. Mm -hmm. You are Mm -hmm. absolutely just so off base. You are Mm -hmm. so out of your bounds at that point, because how are you to tell someone what they hear and what they feel from a a Mm -hmm. piece yeah. And, and no, what they want something right. to sound like, how dare you tell them <laughs> what to hear and what to feel from a song? And that's why I always I always laugh at English teachers, too, when they say, well, the book is sim- this is symbolizing this. What? Like, well, yeah, maybe it wasn't like, yeah, why should yeah, why yeah. is it? Why is it that? And that's yeah. why I never understood why English class was a thing, because <laughs> because it never made sense because there's no right answer in English. Yeah, it's no, I mean, it, yeah, yeah, but that doesn't mean you can't have a class uh, about I, it. You know, it's I, a thing so that you can, you can. I think a good I, English class is going to appreciate all the dimensions that you can interpret. Yeah, right. Well, that's yeah. That, that, us, that maybe yeah. I should say that, but yeah, I'm I'm dramatic sometimes. But no, no, um, it's all good. It's but, all good. I well, understand. I understand and agree with. I think the general. I think we're on the same page with the idea being that you can't constrain the the perspective that you look at a piece of art with and say this is the right way. Because right, it's inherently subjective. Look, it's not math. It's not like yeah. it's not a logical like thing where you could yeah. s- boil it down to a quantitative like 
formula you know it's not mm-hmm. you did yeah is there quantitative elements to music of course there is there always will be you know it, but yeah. there's that other side of music that you know you have to blend the two together i feel and i think i think there's there's people that are on one side of it too much and maybe there's some of that are on the other side of it a little too much and i think the the mark of a, a real great musician is one that finds that balance in the middle i don't know maybe yeah. maybe, maybe i'm out of my bounds saying that but i don't know that's my opinion at least no no i i I, yeah no i think you're absolutely right i I agree with that yeah so you so you studied you know music in college what so what was your takeaway from what you learned do you think Mm. what like what did you feel like you took away that was really good from that experience you know we kind of talked about some of the negatives there but what what do you feel what you brought away from that was like good for you yeah no it's a lot because i'm actually not doing uh music professionally right now so um uh everything i would say i took away was uh you know uh, yeah i mean that's uh, yeah sorry let me think about that um because i i learned a lot about how to get to the place that i am from music and from the foundations that i got from you know being a musician um so I learned a lot of life skills, I guess is what I'm saying from music, uh-huh. like hard work and like, how, how do you get, how do you practically get good at something? Because it's not entirely, you know, straightforward to sit down and get good at something. You have to do it a little bit pragmatically and music teaches you how to do that, to think iteratively, which is, I think, why a lot of musicians are kind of naturally good programmers. Maybe that's not true, but Oh, uh, shit, I'm definitely not. <laughs> no, okay, yeah, I, but yeah, but I, but I program as well, and I, and I came to it later in my life, and I feel like it makes sense because I think about it, you know, in the same way I think about how do I learn a piece of music, how do I get good at a technique? You have to break it down and think about where the problem section, like, what are you trying to do systematically? You know, it's a process. Hmm. Um. So anyway. Oh yeah. Uh, so. I learned a lot of life skills, you know, from music. And then I, of course, learned uh, what I was saying, the style of guitar. And that's sort of what sort of gave me the ability to, you know, uh, uh, do the things that I'm doing now. Um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So it gave you a base to work off of, essentially. Right. Right. Yeah. And and, uh, yeah, you're 100 percent right with music being like, you know, you have to think of it as like practicing parts and not Mm -hmm. the whole picture, I think, when it comes to music, you know? Yeah, eventually you got to put it together as a whole picture, but you're going to overwhelm the hell out of yourself if you try to just learn everything. You got to pick it apart piece by piece, like you said, systematically just be like, okay, I got to work this in, you know, I got to figure out how to count. You know, I got to figure out how to keep a beat. I got to figure out, you know this you know and that is it's it's the little steps like you got to take like one by one you know and i think that's what you know it is in music is you have to be so patient you know it, there's and, yeah there's a like you and said you got to be pragmatic yeah and the importance of practicing things correctly oh yeah you practice <laughs> if you practice incorrectly a number of times you're programming your body to do that incorrectly oh um, yeah i can i could yeah. go into i could delve into that further because i unfortunately yeah. was a, a victim of that <laughs> and sure, um, no i mean that's I, why form you know good form is so important to get straight at the beginning to this you know, day you, you know. i have to I have to work on my, my upstrokes 
on guitar mm. because I, mm. for the longest time, was so stubborn and practiced only downstroking. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what it was with me. I Something yeah. just wasn't clicking. It was just upstrokes. I, but like, I upstroke when I play chords, right? But like when yeah. I when I'm trying to upstroke doing single notes, my brain just gets so discombobulated now because I got so used to just downstroking everything that I, I honestly I probably got so good at downstroking things fast because, because I did it so much that now <laughs> I'm like when I try to upstroke and downstroke I'm playing a lead part, I'm like, whoa, hold, hold on. Yeah, no, but ex- I mean, you're exactly right. It just, it, you know, if he had just from the beginning sort of right. practice down and up and and also doing like you know thinking anatomically which is something i've been meaning to do videos tutorials about you know the anatomy of the because i'll talk about this but uh i've got a lot of anatomy experience Um, dude it's so important like it's it's one of the things i think a lot of us miss when you know when we forget about is just just positioning of your body right Mm -hmm. 100 Mm -hmm. and guitar is so much of that i mean especially guitar i mean is like god that's like 95 percent of the game honestly you're just a little bit out of position you can completely make something that's not that hard to play very hard to play right and something that's really hard to play so hard to play that you almost feel like it's out of your grasp right right yeah yeah no exactly i remember my guitar teacher literally being like i mean oh drill sergeant with way my hand was yeah on the guitar he's like no you you're not you're not putting your hand right you're you're going loosey-goosey you have to anchor your hand you have to anchor your hand so i was just gonna say that that into my brain i mean this is the trick with any style of maybe instrument i won't go so far as to say because i haven't thought about it but it seems like it would follow but certainly guitar uh is you're just trying to basically get your body to move from as you know you know one uh controlled position and that's a complicated thing because you have so many different muscles in your for- i mean you have you know almost 15 muscles i think just in your forearm right, right. Mm-hmm. and you have a ton of muscles in your hand alone like there's a lot of intrinsic muscles in your hand and getting all those to function as a unit you know is is not a trivial cl- uh task and i don't think people i think there's actually a lot of uh incorrect information about the amount that you can actually train your body after a certain age too because you know there's this, a lot of talk about how oh, yeah. this is why you want to start playing young because you know your peripheral nervous system the tracks aren't as laid out um which i think is true but i think you can uh train your body a lot uh more than people give the credit to at, at later ages but a lot of it's just about stretching to anyway oh yeah should, no yeah, no you're no yeah. no you're 100 right stretching is so important and, and i mean and not just this aspect of life i mean every aspect of life stretching right. exactly. god i mean jesus i i can tell yeah. you the amount of times that life like, is fibrosis oh yeah no it's like my hips I, and i do this all the time like i forget like my hips are so tight and i like i just yeah. just forget to stretch sometimes and i'm like yep. wondering why i'm like my lower body's like oh i'm like what am i <laughs> yeah. oh and i'm like oh yeah lawrence maybe if you actually stretched every like right. once in a while maybe you'd actually be not feel like crap you know or you right. know go, you know especially I like the only time I actually would do it would be like before I go do like leg day at the gym or something, you know, like right. I would, I would just be like, okay, now I'm going to do it because I'm doing going to the gym where I just should have made it like a practical part of my life from day one, you know? Right. And, and yeah. But yeah, like you yeah. said though, it's important in music, but like, I like the point you made about like learning things at a, at a younger age. And, and because mm-hmm. like you get the same thing a lot. And like, I draw a parallel to uh learning a language, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I think we kind of get the same 
thing there too, where they always say, Oh, you got to learn it from a younger age. You got to learn it from a younger age. And I think we kind of uh, push that narrative a little too far sometimes as, as far yeah. as, yeah. 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 No, it, it's, it's interesting. And, and um, I, I feel like I should just say, so I'm in, I'm a, I'm a medical student. I'm in an MD PhD program. So, and I'm interested in the mind and like probably neuro neurology and psychiatry. Um, so, so I'm just saying all that because I'm going to say a little bit of technical stuff. And if it's like, why does he know this? That's why. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so uh, I feel like uh, there, you know, we, there's this sort of idea that the brain stops uh, uh the frontal lobe, you know, sort of stops developing around 25 for men and stuff like that, a little bit younger for women. Um, and I sort of from the stuff that I understand about neuroscience, it, it appears, you know, or really just from thinking about it logically, the, the brain is just a enclosed system, you only have so much storage. And so you're allocating certain resources up until, you know, 25, that's developing, we're just talking about sort of, you know, you got architectural changes that are happening until around that age and then it stops and sort of what you have there is what you have. So you're allocating all the resources to the particular spots of the brain up to a certain point in your life. And then after that, you're just sort of, you know, pruning the hedges, so to speak, because that's how we understand cognition is it's just the interconnectivity of neurons um, is sort of what we think uh, is how the brain stores information. Mm -hmm. And so it would then make sense that it, you can still learn stuff up to a point, but that's why like learning new things is going to be difficult because you're probably going to be replacing it with old things. And I say this honestly, as somebody, I feel like I've experienced this in real time because I entered medical school later, you know, I, I was 26 when I entered it and I, I'm in an eight year program cause I'm doing a PhD also. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm constantly learning these new fields and a lot of information. And I do feel like I'm pushing, like, you know, I'm forgetting sort of other things um, uh, because it's just the influx of information you have to learn. It's just the first year of med school is just enormous. Um, and so, yeah, anyway, that's just the long way of answer or sort of, I guess, going off of what you said, I think is, it's true. There is this idea that like, you can't learn things after a certain point, yeah. which, I think is bad, but I do think it's true to an extent that it just becomes different. You have to approach it differently, I guess. Right. And it's going to be easier when you're younger because, you know, you don't have certain architectural elements, you're growing them. They're called dendritic spines and you develop these. These are the things that uh, sort of information is, uh, they make up the, the pre, the presynaptic connections, uh, on neurons, uh, you know, anyway, that's getting too into it, but I, I, I was going to say that presynaptic yeah. might be a first for this podcast that, 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 <laughs> that might be a, like, we might've just hit like, like, or, I'm sorry. It's the postsynaptic is the yeah. dendritic spine, oh, but it's the, yeah. it's the, the axon is the presynaptic. But like, yeah, like, anyway, it doesn't like, matter. Yeah. We basically just hit the Scrabble jackpot essentially. So <laughs> pre, pre and postsynaptic. Yeah. <laughs> no, but dendritic spines make up, I'm sorry, the postsynaptic connections of, of the, of the neurons. And you are literally developing those. Like you don't have those, uh, you know, when you're born, you're, you're, I mean, you have some, but you exponentially increase the number. And so this is the point is like, you can physically look at the brain. It's a physical system. And so, as you're 
learning thing. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't know <laughs> oh, why I'm no, derailing this, is, this podcast. This, this, this is great. No, I, this is, a, yeah. this is incredible. I'm like amazed no, right now. I'm just not. like, what are you talking? <laughs> I, just, <I'm laughs> like, I, I love <laughs> hearing about this though. Cause this is like, I, you know, it's so it's, it's very interesting to me. Cause like, there is a science behind it. You know, there's a lot of science behind how we learn stuff. You know? And then, yeah. Yeah. Like essentially, you know, what you said, you know, put it simply, it's like, yeah, we would to learn new things. Sometimes you're unfortunately going to be throwing out old stuff, you know, right. at, you know, at a certain point in your life. Yeah. It's, it's just, you got to approach it, learning things differently at an older age. It doesn't mean you can, st- you totally stop learning everything, which is this weird narrative that has been being pushed. Uh, unfortunately, I see it a lot. Like I see this stupid crap on like Twitter all the time. You know, it's the, young kids and their memes you know right like it's like oh if he's like if he's like 25 and he and he's still doing stupid shit then it's like it's hopeless you should just dump him and i'm like not necessarily like yeah maybe it's not ideal uh, at that age but like at the same time we're all learning still like we're, mm-hmm. we, we all still have to learn stuff even after 25 like you right. know and sometimes it's the things that you think you should know but like not all of us always know that it's i'm going off you know tangent no no, no but you know it's it's an it's an interesting thing because this is something i've been thinking about a lot because this is what i think is fundamentally the problem in sort of our uh the dogma of our psychology and everything is that we don't have a we don't have a very good physical basis for cognition and 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 thinking you know we 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 do and we don't like you we we think that like i said it's neurons interconnectivity dendritic spines yeah going and connecting with axons and everything like that on the you know and stuff like that but uh we don't we can't say this memory is at this uh is like this specific uh location i mean you can to an extent but you it's like there's <laughs> yeah i feel like i'm uh, you know, it's a pattern of, of neurons for stuff. So it, it's the point of, I feel like you, without a good physical basis, it's hard to say anything definitively like what we're talking about of how well can you learn things after a certain point? Yeah. Um, and well, it, is it going to be different? Yeah, and I'm also like glad, that? you know, just the amount of uh, concussion, you know, research that's happening right. now, you know, it, it kind of also right. kind of to bounce off of that idea, you know, it's like, I'm hoping that a lot of this research, you know, on CTE concussions, you know, kind of maybe gets more, we get more of a better understanding of cognition and, and, and why people do certain things and why people learn things a certain way and why people forget things and why the pattern behavior of changes. And, you know, I'm sure you have, you know, way more you could say about that than I can, but I know from, as a football fan and I watch, you know, and you see cases like, you know, Antonio Brown, you know, and, you know, where he had a, a very traumatic head injury, you know, mm-hmm. concussion, you know, back was it seven, eight years ago. And all of a sudden he's out here now doing some really wild stuff, like, mm-hmm. and very unpredictable yeah. things. Yeah. No, I mean, this is why I keep, I'll just keep saying this thing. Cause I think if anybody hasn't looked him up, I think they should. Cause they're, I really do think there's sort of the, the key to all of this is the dendritic spine uh, because you you it's the it's the most uh like for for example for alzheimer's patients uh one of i think it's the best predictor of cognitive decline in alzheimer's patients is the number of dendritic spines that patients have in their frontal lobe because like i was saying these are the connections that you're the you know one of the neurons is receiving information from the other neuron from so if you don't have these 
how are you going and 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 our cognition and our consciousness is encoded in the connections of neurons and they're not able to connect because they don't have as many of these things because they've gotten destroyed by a traumatic brain injury or from the alzheimer's you know plaques and tau tangles whatever the you know whatever the actual causative agent that causes these decline in all these neuropathologies you know without being able to get those back we can't really uh thinking about treatments is difficult i would say we, like we you know we don't really have a way to reform these i guess is what i'm saying and i think that's sort of the key but this is just me <laughs> from what i've read is what you know which isn't nothing but i'm you know like i said i'm a student so obviously everything should be taken with a grain of salt from my <laughs> naive mouth <laughs> oh no i i think it's it's a good perspective you know and i think yeah. i think it's it's something that really something to think about because you know i yeah. you know, there there might just there might just be a you know a way we could tell you know more you mm -hmm. know and obviously there's just so much more research being done where i think you know we're going to figure out a lot more about this you know in the mm -hmm. coming years i think we're on the cusp of it you know and yeah i yeah. think it's it's getting there but it's not quite there yet but, you know, that's mm -hmm. why, you know, we're, we're having so much more of the, you know, the, um, the, the awareness for CTE now and, you know, in sports and, and, you know, cause yeah. we're recognizing how much this, this can cause, you know, and in human beings. It's bad. Know? Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's I, very I played, unfortunate. Yeah. I played uh, lacrosse growing up and I definitely got hit uh, a few times where I was like, Oh man, uh, I wonder, I, I think wonder, I, like, you know, yeah. I think I just lost some dendritic spines. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think, I think exactly. I might've killed a few of those spines. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, exactly. it, it's bad, man. But I'm going to move, you know, but, and then getting back to, oh to yeah. Music, yeah, like right. Moving <laughs> back to the music for a little bit here. Um, I'm going to talk about your new EP philosopher queen. Let's let's oh, yeah. let's let's delve into that right now. Is I, I want I want to talk about it. So it's a three song EP, and mm -hmm. what um, what when was the um the the formation of the ideas of this? Like when did it start coming together for you? Um yeah no uh, probably a year ago yeah I wrote Dear Mama a year ago over, okay uh, over Christmas over Christmas break and um and uh yeah and then oh I guess no I guess a year and a half um because I wrote Miles Adrift was the first song I wrote oh. I didn't I don't really think in terms of albums necessarily because like I I released something else before Shadow Blooms like in September uh, of this okay. year okay yeah and yeah I would say I was working on that more than I was working on these three songs except Dear Mama that you know had a little bit more work but everything i do is sort of i'll do it and i'll probably put it aside for a little bit and so yeah it's actually yeah. funny you talk about shadow blooms and i and i've listened to shadow blooms as well and it's very good very oh, thank good you. definitely check it out um but i was actually very surprised when i listened to it because mm -hmm. it was almost a total departure from what i thought yeah. you would do and yeah. i was like this guy really just did some electronic stuff and i was not yeah. i was not ready for that <laughs> i'm like where did this come from i'm like this guy's that playing percussion yeah. you know acoustic and all of a sudden i'm hearing electronic stuff and i'm like I know, yeah. wait what i'm like i almost had <laughs> i almost thought i had the wrong spotify profile really i'm not even kidding you i'm like That's funny i have to have the wrong profile there's no way this is him 
There's, yeah. there's no way I'm like, I have to have gotten another son of the Andrews or something that like, <laughs> that, that must've been, you know, it's it had the same name coincidentally. And, and I'm like, no, this is actually him. I'm like, Oh my God. So what was the, what was the thought process there? I, I'm just curious, like where did, what, what made you decide to go in that direction? Yeah, no, I mean, I just, I like electronic music too. And I was listening to a lot at the time. And um, I would say I, I had hesitated to make an acoustic album because I wasn't ever really happy with the recordings that I would hmm. produce. I, everything oh. is self-recorded and my guitar is really cheap actually. And it's, it's like, I got it when I was 14 and it was like, you know, whatever. No kidding. Center. Are you yeah, ki no, it's serious? Not, it's, no, it's nothing special. Yeah. Wow. It's, yeah, and um, you've had the same acoustic since you were fourteen. Yeah, I really need a new one. Actually, I think that's it's, incredible. Uh, if 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 enough people stream the album, then I can buy a new acoustic guitar. That that, <laughs> that is one of the coolest things I think I've ever heard on the show. I, I've really? never even for a minute expected to hear that. I, I'm huh. stunned. That's incredible. Yeah, that's your yeah. same acoustic from fifteen years well, ago. Yeah, well, it's like I actually didn't play steel string that much until. 2016 probably is wow. when i really started playing a lot of <laughs> finger style because like before that like i said i was in college and i was studying classical guitar and then uh and then before that in high school honestly i was playing mostly rock and roll so i have a strat oh uh, nice oh okay yeah so i would probably play more electric and actually i started on electric and i started guitar kind of late i was like i was 10 which is late when you go to a when you go to yeah. music school that's a late yeah you know, they're like everybody else has started when they were like four four yeah i know um, right i actually that's a, actually this actually kind of leads me into one of my new questions that i just came up with the other day uh, i was like i don't know why i never thought to ask this to people before but what is your favorite piece of like gear or your favorite instrument mm -hmm. that you have like that you it's like your go-to like i love this this has changed my like sound my my and just everything Oh yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's not a gear, it's technique, I would say. <laughs> oh, okay. For me. Interesting. Yeah. yeah I, I think a lot of, a lot of, if, if my music is getting better, I won't say that it is like, maybe I'm still getting worse in some people's opinion, but if my sound is getting better, I think it's because of technique. I've just been like working on trying to get, uh, you know, the sound it, to sound better when I hit the guitar. Mm. Oh, so, oh no, know, I, I agree. Thinking, yeah. I, I know I'm, you're like, I'm like hundred percent in agreement with you, but I, I do know like people have like their preferences, you know, when it comes to gear, yeah. I know like a lot of musicians that are big gearheads and other guys that are like, like yourself that sure. just are not, you know, and yeah, I, no, I, I'm kind yeah. of in the middle. I'm kind of in the middle sure. of that, you know, like I'm yeah, not like a guy yeah. that has like a hundred pedals either, you know, or like that. Well, but... Actually, I can't answer that question though. Oh. On the, on the note of the electronic stuff, I, you know, I've, I'm a long time user of GarageBand and Logic. Oh pro so yeah. i use logic pro to do all my editing and oh yeah and apple has a great synthesizer um you know uh you know uh, I, I always forget the name of it but anyway i i can find it but it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter oh no but my anyway. buddy, my buddy who you know did you know went to school for sound engineering for for a, a cup of coffee you know for like a couple of years like he didn't finish yeah. but uh yeah garage band is like his he uses GarageBand all the time for anything. Yeah, it's well, like I was gonna just yeah. You don't, this, guys. You don't always have to right. pay five hundred dollars for no, like this no. this software that's gonna change your life, quote unquote, or whatever. You know, it's not always about that. It's what you can well, do. Well, and Logic is. I mean, Logic's 
quote only 200 so i'm not saying it's nothing. maybe it's 300 <laughs> right it's not, right it's not nothing but compared to the Some other, other ones it, yeah, yeah it totally is a bargain for what you get and i was just gonna say this this synth specifically just this synth was when i discovered it i just like i hooked up my i have a keyboard and i just hooked it up and that was how i wrote socrates demon because i was just huh? playing around with all these different like you could just make any sound and it was just really awesome so i thought that was really cool yeah i'm actually make, you know yeah yeah myself i'm actually like looking into actually experimenting with garage van pretty soon with my said buddy <laughs> and i actually talked yeah. to him about this at work today we actually were we're co-workers which is which so okay, we see cool. we so we see each other on like a daily basis and i told him today i'm like yeah. yeah like yo man like like i'm thinking about maybe getting to like try to record my own stuff soon so you know and we're so we might like kind of work in tandem with him on that so no, yeah, that's and awesome. he and he's a big user yeah. of GarageBand, you know. So like, yeah, I think I think I've yeah, I highly recommend because uh, I think uh, I haven't used GarageBand in, in a while, so I can't speak to the sounds. Because I will say that is one reason I upgraded the Logic is just the MIDI sounds that you get. At least back in the day, were a lot better. But you know, honestly, for all I know, GarageBand's updated that. You know, they maybe. Oh um, yeah. So so no, that's awesome. But yeah, but yeah, let me go back into the new EP. <laughs> so, oh yeah, yeah so yeah, Philosopher right. Queen. So yeah, so yeah, you kind of yeah. started like a year and a half ago, kind of mm-hmm. forming, you know, writing some of the these songs. Yeah, Miles Adrift, I wrote a year and a half ago. Dear Mama, I wrote a year ago, and then Insomniac Fiend, I wrote this last fall. Oh, so it was just kind of like in different phases. You kind of just yeah, like, yeah. It was just yeah. like like here and there. You kind of got back to it and got back to right. it, and then it was just like from there, you just kind of um like kind of shelved it for a while and and then yeah well I, yeah uh i was going through some personal life stuff so yeah i was, was gonna say life life got yeah. in the way <laughs> life got yeah. in the way <laughs> well i mean it's about life though you know i won't go into the details but it's about you know yeah. heartbreak and all that stuff and and so which is all the stuff i was kind of going through the past year and a half and still am to a little bit of a degree and so i was working i'm working that out in all these albums hopefully doing it discreetly because i'm not trying to you know throw shade on anybody oh no yeah um, it's it's a difficult balance to maintain yeah yeah uh, well and i mean that legitimately fun. like i don't have ill will towards anybody it's just these are just sort of the emotions i was feeling i was just trying to capture right but anyway uh so so um i would say that uh yeah like a philosopher queen's just trying to sort of cope with with that and then also all the stuff that's going on in the world obviously and stuff like that and then i was just i've been reading a lot of philosophy i, I have noticed year and a half <laughs> yeah and and so you know aristotle talks about philosopher king i thought uh to be uh different with it let's talk about philosopher queen and and uh and and then it's also like i felt like you know it was kind of a message to to uh there's a lot of me- there's a lot of me just trying to communicate with uh, I would say with women in in this. It's like whether it's my mother or whether it's you know mm. my you know exes or or any you know just any any but it's just trying to um, you know like it, I wrote to your mama after just a time where I felt like I let my mom down oh. and, and uh, sorry I'm gonna tear up a little bit oh, but man, anyway that's... the point is, you know that's why it's, it's a really emotional song for me and uh and so but it's not just to her it's to like you know it's to sort of 
anybody that I've let down and, you know, Ugh. to know that, you know, but anyway, whatever. I'm, that's I feel no, like no too, not, not whatever. Too mushy, no, but, um, no, 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 not whatever at all. Um, that, that's yeah, actually yeah, my, yeah. that is actually my hundred percent, my favorite song you've ever done. Um, it, oh, thank it, you. Yeah. Um, I know I told you privately about this, but that resonated with yeah. me on a, on a certain level that I, um, I just, yeah. uh, oof, I don't know, man. It just hit me oh, um, I really... because uh, I think yeah. the subject material is very relatable. Um, I think to anybody, I, I think as human mm-hmm. beings, we are programmed to feel like we are never doing enough for other people. You know, we're, we're, I, I think well, most of us are, you know, at least, and I know a lot of us creators are especially wired like that, you know, and, and we're just very, very self-critical and we're very tough on ourselves. And um, I know that song struck a chord with me in that sort of way where it's like, man, like I, and it's not even just through the lyrics, really just through the sound, you know, and it, it's, it's crazy how we, you know, in, in music, we can convey such emotion with, with just sounds. And I, I think, and I think that's an important thing, you know, because lyrics are great, you know, don't get me wrong. You can convey a lot through the lyrics, but I think there's that, that element of when we are able to convey that through, through our sound as well that's when the whole picture comes together. And that song for me was just the whole picture. It just came together as a, I feel, I felt what you were feeling. And well, thank you so much. And I understand that. And I, I, it relates to me on a very highly personal level in a lot of different ways. So I think a hundred percent, if you have not, if you listen to anything, anybody that's listening, if you haven't listened to anything on philosopher queen, the EP, um, check out dear mama it's it's a absolutely fantastic track it's um just incredibly written um i, I can't well, thank you so much yeah i can't like, say enough about it uh, it's 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 just an incredible song my girlfriend was even moved by it i mean wow and, and when we were listening to it in the car and i i because i threw on my playlist that had all you know my indie uh you know artists and everything that i i follow and i know yeah, it's in my um milkshake link on my bio if you're interested uh of the you know viral music hub stuff it's it's in there so if you ever want yeah, it's to great i follow it too listen yeah. to any of the stuff on there but yeah it's just uh it came on and i was just like blown away i'm like oh my gosh i'm like what a what a piece of music um wow no that's high praise i really appreciate that um to yeah. hear because that's yeah that's that's exactly i mean you know i'm not, <laughs> I don't want to make people feel sad, but I want people to feel, I want people to feel uh, something when they listen to my music and, and the fact that it, something rang out is, like I said, it's just very high praise. I appreciate that. Yeah, It's funny you talk about that. And that's a good point. I think too. I, I think there's a very, there's a subsection of people uh, like myself that when they're sad, like to listen to sad things, sad mm-hmm. feeling things. Because I think we're almost we're almost reveling in like, oh, I'm not the only one that feels this. Yeah. Where, where other people go, oh, why are you listening to such sad stuff when you're already sad? Like, I want to listen to happy things. I'm like, no, but like for me, that doesn't that doesn't make me feel better. Yeah. No, like, it's it, well, yeah. I'm more like if I'm happy, I will listen to like more upbeat stuff, I guess. You know, and whereas if right. I am not as happy, I don't want to listen to a happy song or I know right. that's such a, such a generalized term, happy, or, you know, maybe I'm right. probably baby, babying it a little bit, but, um, no, I, I agree. I agree though. I think uh, what you're getting at, it's, it's true. And it's making me think, uh, remember, you know, the Greeks actually, uh, had, a you know, the ancient Greeks were very wary about, uh, playing certain modes of music for the populace 
because they thought legitimately it would sort of psychologically change people and you know make them riotous or angry and <laughs> whatnot uh so i think the power of music is you know i think it there is a, a certain power to music but i agree that like it's a que it's kind of a chicken or the egg question <laughs> that we're getting at is like are you listening to sad music before because you you know are sad or are you sad because you're listening to uh sad music and yeah i think it's probably just a feedback it's probably making you a little bit sadder but it's also helping you work through things if they are that's what i figure is like yeah. you're kind of working through stuff with music and and even a sad song can make you feel happy uh if it's done in the right way i think if it oh. has a resolute ending and whatnot. right right um yeah i i just like i, I really just resonates those songs resonate with me a little more i think too just like because I, I don't know I, i'm not sure why you know but it's just and I, I talked about this on the last show you know there's a favorite one of my favorite lyrics ever um it's from a blind melon song uh called um galaxy i'm not sure mm. if you know it uh that that no, song by them that. um but uh shannon hoon um you know tragically who tragically passed away unfortunately uh a terrible terrible loss for music um but uh he wrote in the song um he said um you know the cadillac sitting in the back um it isn't me um I, i'm more at home in my galaxy my ford galaxy he, he doesn't say ford galaxy but that's he was referring to the, the ford galaxy like it's like a you know it was like his old beater car he right. didn't feel like he didn't feel comfortable in that and uh, having the fame and having that notoriety the the, right. the, the riches and the notoriety he didn't feel like he was worthy of it you know, he, I, and he felt more comfortable the other way. And I always, yeah. I just think that resonated. That's, that's one of the, those lyrics that just resonates with me so much. Yeah, no, I, well, first off, I think that sentiment, I, I feel like I hear that sentiment repeated by a lot of famous people, the, you know, like you don't really know what you have until uh, anonymity uh, is, uh, you know, valued until you don't have it or once you don't have it, then it's valued. Um, and uh but yeah no i i yeah i don't i agree i guess <laughs> that's what i'm saying so was the pretty much the whole the basis of the album was it a lot most of it based on a lot your philosophy learnings or is that like kind of like the inspiration for it or or like uh, i mean it, it yeah no uh thanks thank you for asking um it's uh Yes, I mean, but it's also just uh, the whole sort of reason I'm on this track and I got to that because like I had sort of set out to be a musician, you know, that was kind mm -hmm. of what I wanted to be when I was growing up. And then I, but I've always been interested in the mind and consciousness and uh, sort of that's what led me into the, you know, medical sciences. And so I've always been thinking about consciousness. So that's like what Insomniac Fiends about. And I would say that's sort of what the overarching narrative of philosopher queen you know it's the idea of just you know trying to it's a lot of it is me reckoning with the mind and even dear mama is is about reckoning with the mind and uh, miles adrift is more about you know relationships and stuff but um it's all a yeah uh i'm always kind of tr thinking existentially about you know society everybody is right now in particular but uh sorry i'm trying to just think how can i say this succinctly um because your your specific question was basically uh, it was just 
what is how did uh what's the philosophical framework of it or sorry yeah, can you remind yeah. me yeah like like did like was there a certain parts like uh, of certain philosophers like like aristotle like you said like oh the, yeah there's yeah, certain yeah. concepts that right. like influenced it that that sure. certain philosophical concepts that you wanted to kind of hone in on i probably I should have yeah. specifically said no, that. no no yeah yeah no no it's okay um yeah no i mean aristotle and david hartley were two in particular that i've been reading about david hartley's probably the you know probably nobody or most people listening haven't heard of him but he was a 18th century physician philosopher you could say and uh he kind of put down the first as i was kind of get talking about earlier he put down the the first like physiological framework for consciousness he combined what he knew about medicine and said okay here and then he was well read in like Locke and sort of associationist philosophy which is what it you know, kind of was called uh, with the theory of mind. And, um, and uh, he sort of combined them and said, here's a model for how the mind works. And here, you know, so anyway, and, and Aristotle was the first, you know, is credited with being the first to talk about association. So yeah, Insomniac Fiend is about this idea that the framework of the mind is sensation, basically. And David Hartley talks about that. And that's what sensory perception forms the base is the idea that the mind is just your int your is a synthesis of all your inputs essentially so you're taking in through your five senses a bunch of things into your nervous system and then you're integrating it in various ways and building upon it um and uh, and that's where you get the mind is just a series of projections and so yeah. that's where i'm talking about sorry now you didn't you didn't know what you're getting yourself into uh, uh, <laughs> I, I knew oh i i was very well aware uh, I, I, but, but like yeah I, I no i always think of it as like the mind is constantly painting pictures you know yeah. at, at just very very fast speeds <laughs> right. but but it's like it's like i i think of it as the mind of as like a speed painter <laughs> just constantly speed painting what's coming mm -hmm. in right yeah no I, I mean exactly and and the it's doing it on a just a ridiculous level of computations are happening every moment um and and yeah so uh like in insomniac fiend i talk about who will you be you know a sleeping machine an insomniac fiend or an empathic queen or an empathic king mm. um and so that's kind of just talking about i i kind of look at the framework of the mind as you're either if you want to think about it on a line uh you fluctuate between being an unconscious machine or a sleeping machine or sort of an overconscious insomniac fiend you know the idea that you're you're living entirely in your projections of your mind as you know i'm maybe not entirely nicely labeling calling an insomniac fiend <laughs> or you're living entirely in in a machine state where you're not thinking you're just doing doing and um and so you could think of you know most we probably think most of the animal kingdom would be uh occupying that state for instance but this is the point is it's a it's it's not a you know you're either conscious or you're not i do think it's probably a spectrum and the spectrum is projection anyway so i i, I actually think yeah. And it's I love the point with the animal kingdom. I mean, I actually think as human beings, we underrate the amount of consciousness that mm -hmm. that the animal kingdom has. I think yeah, very yeah. much. I think we very much do. Uh, I th I think yeah. we almost. I think it's almost to the point of uh, patronizing and condescending um, how much we feel like they are unconscious beings. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think you might. I think uh, I'm, I tend to agree with you because it's when you think about it. What is the measure of consciousness? How do you measure somebody's consciousness? How are you measuring my consciousness? It's from mostly from communication, and so when you take that away, uh, and you say we don't, we can't say definitively if you can't communicate, you're not conscious. We know that's not true, actually. The bell, the bell and the butterfly book. I'm sorry, I'm butchering the. The, the name, but you know, it's a famous book about the French, uh, he was the CEO of L magazine or the lead ed editor, he had a stroke. And he was basically he couldn't move at all, but his brain still worked and he had to communicate through blinking. So that's the point is, but he was able to communicate. So we knew he was conscious. So that you know, but, it, you know, it's not a given that if you can't communicate, you're not conscious. So yeah, we could very well in a number of years, if we figure out a way to communicate with animals, uh, you know, on using machines, you know, by whatever, using mm -hmm. microelectrodes and, and implanting them in the brain and on, you know, and picking out the patterns of their of their brain and being like, oh, there's actually a communication pattern here. Anyway, I'm talking very abstractly. Right. Just say that. I oh, no. And, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm for me, it's like you just look at like crows, for example. Mm -hmm. I think they are probably so much more advanced than we are in, in some right. ways, the way they communicate. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it, I don't know if you've stick, ever, right? I don't know if you ever it's read about crows, thing. but yeah, they like, but yeah. like they have like squawks that are different frequencies. Like mm -hmm. essentially like they, they all mean something different. They have their own right. language. Well, yeah, it's not, and not just cr crickets too. I mean, there's, oh. yeah. I mean, the amount of sound communication, you're absolutely right. If, if that, if, if that's too, not consciousness, yeah. I don't know what is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So yeah, so I would say the overarching philosophical framework of the album and really kind of all my albums is the mind and, uh, and, uh, and trying to learn how to navigate it. Uh, and one thing I think our society is sort of not doing maybe overtly enough is trying to like reevaluate our moral system. I feel like people don't think enough concretely about like moral systems. They're given moral systems, but they don't think about what to them is a good moral system. So that's the reason I'm reading so much philosophy is to try to establish that for myself. So I kind of talk about that also, you know, is yeah. kind of my mom being a good moral system for me. I mean, that's yeah. what a lot of that song's about. Uh, yeah. and, and sort of reminding her that, you know, it's like, that's kind of how I look at her. She's just a beacon of, <laughs> of morality for me. Yeah, yeah. Morality. Like this is how you should dictate uh, or, you know, be in life. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that concept kind of, um, got turned on my head, you know, at, on its head for me as a kid, uh, going yeah. through what I went through with my parents, I won't go into, you know, personal details or anything, but, you know, I think, um, you know, a lot of my, uh, my thoughts of, you know, my parents are supposed to be moral beacons kind of got shattered at a point. Um, you know, my parents went through a very rough divorce. Um, yeah, and, 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 um, I I think my mind got really turned on its head uh, because mm -hmm. I was led to believe for you know so long like my parents know everything you know they mm -hmm. they know must know everything is right like this is what they're doing must be you know like you said a beacon of morality or you know whatever you want to call it and then I kind of recognize like wait wait a second I'm like maybe they're they're not right because it just things got challenged that when I started getting older, you know, and I realized I'm like, okay, not everybody does what my parents are doing. 
Like mm-hmm. this isn't a normal, you know, thing in other households. And it kind of set me through, I know, you know, for probably a long time before I really went to therapy, you know, it sent me through just a load of, um, rabbit holes. You know, I right. guess the mind, the rabbit holes of the mind, if you want to call it that, and you know, I, 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 I guess think that's a good term for it. Yeah, that's a, yeah absolutely. It, it, and I call that like hyper projection. You're, you know, you're just, you're constantly, you're living in the projection of, you know, your mind. Yeah. I, I find that concept very fascinating. The, like you said, the beacon of morality. And um, I, you know, and I think that was like when I went and, and took my sociology for the first time in, in uh, college, cause that was, you know, required course. I was a business major, but sociology mm-hmm. was required. And I think I got, I got really puzzled at the concept of sociology because I was like, who dictates what's a normal thing and what's a norm. And, you know, what, I'm like, why should we adhere to this? What, what, who, who made this the overarching, um, sorry about that. Oh no, no worries. <laughs> um, like, yeah, I always thought I was like, just in it's weird. Cause I actually did really well in sociology, but maybe it's because I was like, my brain was just like constantly challenging the, the ideal of sociology of like, why are social norms there? Like, why are we following this? Who, who, what one day, like one, one person just go, this is what we need to do in this social situation, right? This is what we need to do here. What, what makes this moral and what makes this not moral? And I always, right. I got so, I got so puzzled by that. I think, and, you know, and I was also, you know, 18 years old when I took that class. So mm-hmm. that probably didn't help matters where I was kind of jaded and bitter about a lot of things in my life. And, right. and I, I, I was just like, I looked back and I'm like, you know, why did I like, you know, why was this so embedded of like in sociology of like, why, why do we have to do these things? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I've had, you know, and yeah, that's a great point is I think everybody does think about this. It's just, uh, and I think everybody's thinking about this more and more in our society. I think everybody, I, I talk about this, or I've written about this just a little bit, but I feel like social media is sort of has increased the awareness of everybody. And especially I'm reading War and Peace right now and reading that and sort of being uh, reminded about how the aristocracy, like so much of human history existed of an aristocracy that was aware and uh, and just a mass that wasn't aware and were kind of sleeping machines. It's when you're not literate and, and you're not reading all the time and you're not constantly sort of go uh, like I think people m- underestimate the amount of uh hyper awareness that we get from language it's a way that we can sort of build our cognition upon is we use words to do that which is why the better read you are the more easily you can sort of think through thoughts and 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 abstract because you have a framework to sort of put it on in your mind this is stuff david hartley talks about too if you're curious other and a lot of philosophers talk about this idea is like words sort of are like the building blocks of the mind in, in some ways, or at least that's how we use them. And so anyway, um, uh, I, I definitely I, think there's a yeah. separation in the world right now, um, be, uh, developing between the, the well-read and, and not so well-read. And yeah. um, unfortunately, I think there's been the, the, this a lot from the, the not so well-read, there's been a, almost a um, rebellion of sorts happening um where they don't want to read 
but they'd rather right. form their own reality. Right. And they form their own like world where they feel they're smarter. Right. I don't know how to explain it. I'm, maybe I'm not. No, putting no, no. This into I, words I, I think you're right. And I, and I think it's, they're not to blame because I think it's been a problem of very educated people being elitism 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 exactly oh there's so much i think makes because people aren't dumb fundamentally and so people when they're told by other people that they're dumb are going to be like well i don't want to have anything to do with you and yeah so i think that's a shame because i think there's also this idea kind of going back to what we were going before is that you can't learn anything past a certain age and and again, I know everything I was saying sort of made it sound like I, I think that you can't. But it, again, I'm not saying that you can't learn stuff after a certain age. It's just I think it is different than when you were younger and you might be, you know, you're rewiring your brain in a sense and maybe reallocating resources. And you can do that. And anybody can do that is the point. Anybody can continue to learn. And and we are told that you can't at a certain point. And, and again, I think just as you read more and more, you just become better at communicating your ideas because that i mean that, again that's what you're doing when you talk is your you know and and i think it's it's amazing how much reading somebody w affects at least for me i'll notice i'll start to sort of talk in their form just like the same way if you listen to somebody too long you start to pick up on the oh, way yeah. that they you know communicate it's the same idea so this is another good point though is maybe maybe people are now i mean it's like you can learn a lot audio, you know, through listening. So a lot of people are listening to podcasts. So, you know, to against my point, reading isn't the only way a lot of people are listening to books. So, you know, yeah, um, I, I think I mean, by well read, I, I kind of I lump that into it, you know, I in that's it's a definitely an overarching term, I, I, I guess yeah. you, could, you would call it and you know, like yeah. what you said, yeah, just seeking out knowledge, I seeking out information, I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, people that are aggressively doing that, you know, I guess you could call it. Absolutely. And I think they should. And I think that's the only way that, you know, any sort of democratic system works is a well-educated population, which is why it's funny that, uh, you know, Socrates in the Republic talks about how you shouldn't have like a actual democracy. You shouldn't have the democracy we think of. You should have a philosophical elite that, you know, decides what everybody else does, which is kind of what you see people, I would say, in the elite think. And they have all, I'm sure, read The Republic. So this is why I like to read this kind of stuff, because I think it's empowering in a way, too, to know sort of what people, you know, anyway. Yeah. I mean, the Republic is like law 101. Every lawyer is going to have read through The Republic. And in The Republic, it all talks about a philosophical, you know... <laughs> elite <laughs> right that because the people are too stupid to you know the whole allegory yeah. of the cave yeah right 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 it's it's the neanderthals i guess you know and uh, and hey man i get you know i've got a lot of neanderthal in me so uh, know, oh don't I we all offense to that no, yeah. I'm just no, no don't we don't we all don't we all i know right we do yeah uh, we that's do. that's me when i come home from work must find food <laughs> yeah exactly uh, where food food where <laughs> oh god what you know songwriting so for you songwriting um how do you go about the process of songwriting? I ask this to everybody and I always yeah. like to hear everybody's different approach to this is like fascinating to me because everybody's so different when it comes to this. What do you kind of like tend to do? Like what's your basis, like your starting block? Yeah, no. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, it, it changes a lot. Um, 
and I feel like most of the time, yeah, yeah, you know, I was thinking about this. I don't know if I have a, a definitive a concrete one way one. I do it. Yeah. Sometimes I'll I'll write something and then I'll try to put songs, you know, something to it. I guess more often I'll have a, a riff and then I'll I'll sort of mouth like lyrics or I'll I'll one thing I do think about a lot that may be uh I don't know if it's unique, but maybe people don't necessarily think about it like this, uh like a lot of people I guess maybe don't think about it. But is really thinking about the consonants and then trying to fit words that have those consonants oh, yeah, into yeah. those slots. But yeah, like I said, I, I haven't talked to people, so maybe this is like a way everybody thinks about it is, is obvious. But I think that's important because it's like the consonants really add a lot of rhythm to a music uh, oh. a, a piece, a musical piece. Uh, I think rap is is sort of where I learned about that. It's just <laughs> the enunciation is a lot gives a lot of the punch. I mean Kendrick Lamar, who I yeah. am a big fan of. I mean, um, oh yeah, know, the bees like you know you're gonna have like a, a oomph to stuff and T and stuff I, like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean even like I know like a little bit of a far cry from Kendrick Lamar, but DMX, I mean, is a, mm -hmm. I think a prime example. Yeah, of that. exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, DMX just you know he got people going with just the way he would enunciate right. so you know just it's just x gonna give it to you x gonna <laughs> give it to you right you know like i just almost dropped my mic doing that but yeah, um yeah. but yeah no like that's right like it's there's an emphasis there's an like a mm -hmm. it, it there's a change and it, it's like he's putting it across it's like i'm x exactly it, it's like exactly. it's in your face like it's a consonant and it's emphasized it's right yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so I would say, I, I, th I think that's important. Uh, and I I've been doing that more. I would say I didn't always approach songwriting like that, but that's one sort of specific way that I've been trying to think a lot about. Um, and then, and then, yeah. Uh, but I, I will say the best songs I write are probably the ones I think the least about when I'm writing them. Oh, like just it always when I'm is getting the melody about yeah the yep. melody at least because the harmony does take some thinking about i would say um and thinking how and, and then being okay with getting rid of things and i would say that's an important sort of songwriting thing that i'm still trying to work on oh. how do you tell yourself something isn't right and and it needs something new oh um, god yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i struggle with that too it's yeah, like yeah yeah it's, 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 it's weird because it's like sometimes it's like you'll write a like a verse or something right and then you just like you like try to play through it and you're like is this actually a verse <laughs> like mm -hmm. like i i know yeah. that sounds silly but you you almost go like is that actually a verse like right well and it's funny because, you know, I mean, the at least you're thinking in that terms. I mean, although I was going to say you don't have to either think in those terms, because I was going to say for the longest time, I didn't think about songwriting those terms of like verse, chorus, verse, verse bridge, chorus. bridge. Yeah, yeah. yeah right, right. It was yeah. more of just I would like write music that would go from one thing to the next and then I'd try to connect them. Uh, in yeah. Some way. Yeah. I think that's kind of what I do though. Now, I mean, I kind of, I try to just write whatever I, I write, you know, mm -hmm. and then I kind of figure it out from there. Um, you know, what to, what to do, you know, what to put where, you know, it's kind of, then it's like puzzle piecing, you know, I guess, right. um, if you want to call it that I, I'm actually very strange. And I think I'm actually maybe in the minority of doing this. I hear a lot of people like do what you do is do the melody first. I actually write my lyrics first. I, I, Right. I find for myself, I have a, I think I struggle with 
doing a melody and then putting words on top of it. I'd rather for myself, I, I personally tend to lean towards writing my thoughts down, getting it all out before I forget it. And then just kind of yeah. figuring out from there what sound fits what I wrote in the right. mood, like and like kind of going to a certain mood and figuring out that mood I want to go for and just kind of playing around. And I go, okay, does that fit with what I wrote? And then that's kind of the way yeah. I go about it personally, but I, everybody's different. You no, know? yeah. Well, and, and actually, I no, I agree. I'm like, I, I do that too. I think I wrote Insomniac Fiend that way. I think I wrote the lyrics first. So yeah. I agree. I think, I think that's what I mean though, is I think songwriting, it shouldn't be just like with listening and appreciating a piece of music. It shouldn't be necessarily, this is the only way to do it. You know, it's yeah. just, I think each song is going to call for it. So this is probably the fundamental philosophy I try to take is I try not to force it. It's like whatever way that the create the yeah. creative motive is is sort of channeling. I just try to go with it, and I think that has led to the best outcomes. I don't even know if I would say good yet, but I feel like it's uh, getting better. You yeah, know? right. Yeah. Oh, I like. I find that like if I try to play a progression like without mm -hmm. any lyrics, like yeah. and I try, I can't come up with some like strumming pattern out of nowhere. I think the lyrics kind of right. take me there. You know, right. the lyrics kind of take yeah. me to where that pattern is, is you know, for mm -hmm. what like strumming pattern wise or, you know, whatever, like that takes me there. I can't really get to the other destination from the other way around, vice versa. Right. Yeah. No, I, okay, well, yeah, but you might try and you might surprise yourself. Yeah. Like not, that could be an exercise. Like remember yeah. what you were saying though, is about, you know, you only practice, like, this is the other thing that I would say I've always tried to do is if I'm ever like, Feel like i'm avoiding something because i feel like it's harder it's like i almost go in that direction dive in because it's harder you yeah. know dive in and it, just attack it and you know like like anxiety you know kind of like yeah exactly yeah it, it's like why are you anxious what are you not thinking about what are you trying not to think about <laughs> yeah know? it's like oh yeah and i mean i mean yeah. that's something i struggle with like you know my whole life you know just anxiety yeah. and just you know just not attempting things you know because of that and uh you yeah. know it's, it's it's okay to like you know i'm learning you know more and more it's like okay to actually just try different things even if it doesn't work out you know and it's it's uh yeah it's such a it's such a simple concept but you know it, it i it's, think it's impair it's, it's so important like because i would say you know yeah it's i think that's i've screwed up a lot but i would say the one thing that uh, puts me apart from some of my friends is that i have tried just period is like i've failed a lot though like again it's like yeah you know, whether it's in personal relationships or, or professional or whatever, but I've always sort of tried to just do, you know, and uh, because uh, I think, but I think you're absolutely right. Cause nobody likes to look like a fool. It's like, that's one of the hardest things that we have an issue with as society. Nobody wants to be a fool and myself included. Uh, you, yeah. And it sucks. I hate that. I feel that way. I wish. Uh, I did, and there's I mean, a lot of people that true. like to throw stones at glass houses out there yeah. now too. And that and doesn't everybody's help. living in one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. And then there's, there's just a lot of people that like to do that. You know, and mm -hmm. we underestimate it sometimes how many are out there and it makes things yeah. you know, a little difficult. It's a lot to tune that out, you know, and, and you know, as humans, we're, you know, we're just built to, you know, hear that as, yeah as um the end all be all of like oh my god this one person like said my like my rhythm section sucked like you know like or like you know like oh yeah like practice your strumming more like you know little you know 
you know, and it's always from the people that have like two followers, you know, it, it, oh, that, yeah. that's always what cracks me up too. It's, it's like the people that, that have no videos, they have like two followers. And I'm like, literally you're just here to like, it, and it's like, I, you know, yeah. get, don't get me wrong. Constructive feedback is great. Like I'll take yeah. it. I'll take it. You know, sometimes it's a little hard for me to take, but it, you know, I'm working on it, but man, don't give me the, I'm sorry, but don't give me the like, oh, well, this sucked. Like this, yeah, this part sucked. I'm like, expand on that. Tell me how I can <laughs> tell me, give me a suggestion on how yeah, I can yeah. make that not suck. Right. Like, you know, no, like, yeah, yeah. Don't I, just give me a pointed, you know, a pointed comment and then just not expound. I, I don't know. Just to me, that's not, that's not helpful. That doesn't help. Yeah. No, I, it's funny because I feel like I was actually like stalking a uh, uh, troll today. Like, you know, <laughs> you're just scrolling through TikTok and then, yeah, you see somebody responding to something and you're like, it makes you wonder. It's like, yeah, who yeah, is what's, this person? Who is this person? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't have a good explanation other than to say that uh, it's sad because I feel like a lot of trolls start off unintentionally being trolls like they'll say something and not realize that it comes i legitimately feel this way people don't have uh, they don't like i've even typed comments and and felt like wow that's kind of weird in the context of my head it makes sense but in the context of somebody coming they don't think about what is somebody coming with no context gonna look at this it's a really hard thing to do and it takes projection is the kind of the, what I'm getting at. This is why I really do feel like thinking about the mind is just you're either over projecting to a to yeah. a bad degree and you're anxious because you're con- you're living only in projections or you're only living in the in the present and you're not thinking. And and so in this case, I would say trolls are sort of sleeping machines. Um, and uh, and 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 yeah, and and so I have a little bit of empathy for that of of just. Like, cause again, it's like, I, I don't feel like I've ever trolled anybody, but I've definitely been like on YouTube typing something and then deleted it because I'm like, uh, I don't comment that much generally because I'm, I'm, I'm always afraid of being right. taken out of context. Quite frankly, I'm terrified of that, <laughs> which is, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the troll phenomenon is interesting. Uh, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, it, it definitely is. Um, I actually had like a 13 year old the other day, believe it or not. Comment on an old karate video I did on TikTok uh, of a I think I was show, I was demonstrating a crescent kick and they were like you're not even doing it right <laughs> like, yeah buddy I don't know about that it took about seven Dude. years of tank sudo karate uh, I mean I I yeah. don't know about that but okay like but the worst thing is being trolled by uh, a 13 year old because it's like you're what are you gonna just do like i was like literally i, I was like, honestly i think i said i think i, think I, I literally yeah. was like dude you're like 13 man like what, what i do don't do? engage i never engage like i i will be honest i'm very grateful that i haven't had a lot of trolls but of course yeah. i've gotten trolls and i don't I get a lot engage. of them but every once in a while there's like that yeah. one guy and you're just like huh yeah like yeah what like okay that's, yeah. uh, whatever. quite honestly sometimes i agree with the trolls if they do comment. <laughs> and i was just like yeah you know that wasn't one of my best videos like you're kind of right like, yeah, that's, that's, maybe, like, that's probably a good way to go about it yeah. honestly i mean because it is good feedback it's like we are i mean this is another issue with our society that we're trying to figure out is like how do you tell somebody something they need to hear even if it's not nice you know yeah. and uh because we're so like we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings but Sometimes if you really do want to get better, you got to be told the truth. Uh, and you can do that, you know, in a, obviously a lot of different ways, but 
the internet is certainly a blunt approach way. You're going to learn what you should approach on. So if it sucks and, and, you know, you're like hurt by it, at least maybe, maybe what they're saying is, could be true though. There's probably a, a, I'm sorry. I'm not saying that in the case of you. I don't know what this person said. I oh, oh, no. I got to wait. Let me get out of the hole. To be, <laughs> I want out of the hole. Listen, to be fair, I was probably a little rusty. <laughs> it has been a lot of years since I was fully practicing and I stopped when I was like 14, you know? So and it's like, this yeah, is the listen. thing that nobody like appreciated about reality before the internet is that like everything you saw before was like a highly polished product. And now you're seeing just i mean people talk about jimmy page being uh sloppy and it's like yeah when you listen back before you had edits like right. and, and you know a, the ability when you're working on tape of course you're going to be sloppier because yeah. he's not he's not cropping everything um so i think people have a un, unrealistic expectation of perfection too because you can oh, edit oh, so yeah. readily oh no which no, is why so no. many live performers are probably uh not a very like if you go and see them, you might be underwhelmed because yeah, well, a lot of production, obviously. I was just gonna say, yeah, I think the ones that tend to let people down are the you know the, the ones that they are very you know produced. You know, there's a lot of a lot of things going on, like a multiple guitar tracks. It's hard to replicate. But everybody that. is now. I was I gonna say, like, point. that's hard to replicate that in a live show. You know, mm -hmm. it it's it's so difficult. Yeah. That's yeah. why I wanted to put out actually some some like just only guitar stuff because I was realizing like, you know, I don't play live very often, but I played a lot more. Uh, actually, when I lived on the East Coast, I was doing a lot more like live gigging mm. and um, and uh, I wanted like to have a representation like, yeah, if, if anybody did see me it's going to most likely be an acoustic act. So right. like, and it's going to be what you see is what you get, you know? Right. And, yeah. and, and in terms of like, yeah, cause you, you're basically just doing the, the, that, I mean that yeah. and you're not adding anything else that has yeah. to be replicated and, and, you know, have another yeah. musician with you and, yeah. and maybe multiple musicians with you in certain cases, right. you have to, I mean, cause it's like, if you're doing all these different tracks, like a keyboard track and a drum right. track and a freaking, I mean, everything, harmonies and stuff you know it's like how do you yeah. do that on one person you can't in life no, you it can't just, yeah yeah it's, unless it's, you it, get really famous so if just you know, if the something album blows up i was gonna say something something to think about guys when you do these <laughs> very produced tracks i'm like i'm not hating on anybody i'm not sure. this is my like i guess this is my feedback well, thing. yeah not yeah, hating yeah, on anybody but keep that in mind you know when you're playing when you if you're thinking about wanting to play life think about what you're making in the studio because right. you have to remember like, okay, if I'm doing this, I might have to have multiple musicians if I'm playing this live, because I, how am I supposed to replicate all that on my own? Right. And of course the counter would be, you know, they, you can, you can get uh, the background, like you can basically take, have the track without the vocals and then just, and I should say, so, but it's not the same, you know, it's not the same as having a live band there. And so I actually worked uh, live sound for a few years um and in during college and you know so we would we would have that ha happen a lot of course that happened more with like the rappers or MC oh of course and, and people because it makes sense is you you know a lot of the art is in, you know, in the poeticism well, yeah um but uh as we've already talked in the enunciate you know like emphasis uh but uh but yeah uh so you can do it but it's not the same uh, so yeah sorry i'm just 
kind of I'm I'm agreeing with you, but also putting that other you know. No, oh no, hundred percent. I I'm always I always want to hear different side of things. I, I I have my thoughts on things, but I don't expect my point of view to be the exact hundred percent you know truth sure. of everything. I just I just think it's something definitely something to to think about as yeah, an artist. Definitely. You you have to. Oh no, yeah, absolutely. Definitely, I think have that in the back of your mind when you're making the, the music. I'm curious though, as a live because you were a live sound engineer, so you've worked. Mm-hmm. Is there things that you learned from that experience that you uh, you think you could maybe pass on to other people that you know playing live and like mm-hmm. other like yeah always always thank the the sound person because I think it is like it's such an important job. No, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but it's like that's like such a good so important but it's like it's so undervalued and that was the thing i became kind of a self-hating musician because it's just like the amount of musicians that would be flippant oh man i i just it's funny you you mentioned this because i i don't know if you heard my podcast with colin folly uh no at all yet um we literally talked about this exact thing and and, you know he was talking about like decorum as a as like a band when you go play live don't be that guy that yells at the mm-hmm. mic monitor because your vocals levels yes. are not right yes. don't be that guy it it's yeah. don't don't so, i mean so i can tell you i've been i've <laughs> i've uh i've i've been in a lot of different like high pressure scenarios whether it's like trying to like assist with a surgery and being yelled at about like hey don't like you know oh, touch yeah. the heart or something oh. like that the <laughs> most stressful situation i've ever been in it was what? during sound when sound i was check. working live sound in college and the lead singer i just was screwing up and i was like this 20 year old oh. and it was all on me and there was just frequency that was feeding back i couldn't get and she had a a breakdown and just oh. ran off and the whole show was delayed and i was oh, just like had no. this moment where it was like i want to be anywhere but here oh, because it's God. just like you know it's just there was the it oh. was horrible Oh I was like goodness. still to this day, just the most <laughs> stressful scenario I've ever had. And, and it could have all been, if, if we had all kept our heads a little bit cooler, we could have gotten through it. And, and yeah, and it, it could be as easy as just understanding, like sometimes the room is just oh. going to be really bad for Acoustics. a certain frequency. Yeah. And it's just, it's just hard. If you start to bump the monitors, the vocals in the monitors, which is what they wanted, you know, it's like you get this feedback and anyway, um, when you're, yeah, it doesn't matter. That's details that don't matter, but yeah, it's, it's so important to just be empathetic with each other. I would say is myself included as the sound person, I was trying to, I, I could have been more empathetic in scenarios as well, but you know, my own, own emotions and ego got in the way, of course. Uh, I mean, we're, hum- we're humans, you know, too. I mean, at the right. end of the day, you know, right. we are, we are going to have those moments, you know, but just, I mean, just uh, don't but make if it they like, And I guess in the, well, in the take home is if the sound person likes you, they're going to make you sound better. Yeah. I mean, that's just like, and if they don't like you, then they're not going to care if they hear something that yeah. doesn't sound good. Your fate is in their hands. And I think right. probably musicians don't realize how much of that is the case. Well, and I, I always, and well, like, and that's why I always liked what, uh, you know, Van Halen used to do, you know, that was a, uh, I thought that was a really neat thing that they used to do during their career, uh, you know, was they would tell them, Hey, you know, only green M&Ms in the, 
Oh, in the you I know that was Ozzy. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that Ozzie. was that was Van Halen. Yeah, I believe yeah, it was Van Halen. Oh, I know Wayne's World too talks about. I mean, it's yeah. Like, maybe they were just making a funny joke. And, you know, yeah, and, you know, <laughs> and everybody kind of looks at it and thinking, making it think of like, oh wow, what egomaniacs! It's like no, 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 no. They're no, no. They look at it, again, and this is I, I like this is what I like about you. You like to look at things from very different perspectives. Mm-hmm. I look at it from the perspective is like they want to see if you're listening, and mm-hmm. they want to see if you as a, on their crew are going to hear what they're they're If you're going to be cooperative and you're going to work with them, you know, and they're making sure of that beforehand, not when you're on stage and things go wrong that, you know, and then, you know, they, they know they can trust you in that case. Right. Yeah. yeah I, no, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I guess I could see that being the outcome. Uh, it's a it's a it's, it's oh it's a, it's a it's a weird <laughs> it's a weird rock star drugged out rock star sure, way sure, of doing sure. it but, but you it know it's a great story yeah <laughs> it, it makes a good uh you know the lore but yeah no i agree though. but yeah it, so take home would be be nice to the sound person because they're they're um they're you know going like i said their <laughs> their fate is in your uh, your fate is in their hand and i think just getting along is obviously better than for everybody um and now i'm not saying that all sound people make that easy to do because i completely have also been on the other as a musician oh. i've been on the other side of things plenty of times it's like i'm trying to be nice to the sound person and they're just like because they're so jaded themselves and like having you know it's like so understand that too is that you know everybody's coming with their own baggage and they don't even realize how much of that they're projecting um but we all come in with these stereotypes unfortunately about you know from past experiences that we've had of dealing with musicians that are really can be difficult but anyway yeah um no that would probably be the, the only i mean that's the most important Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I I know. And and do it if you ever have the opportunity. It's a great I love that job. That was awesome. Oh, Um, I I think it's it's so good to learn that stuff. I mean, you learn so much in terms of I, you know, and I this is stuff I still have yet to really learn, you know, but I from just from knowing what goes into making music, I think it could help you and take your music making further. Yeah, because you understand the other side of it, Mm -hmm. you know, because there is the yeah, there's the musician like, you know, making, you know, that the music part of it, but then there's, there's that sound engineering part of just of making the sound work. (laughs) And yeah, yeah, I guess if I want to put it, you know, in layman's terms, but (laughs) no, 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 but you're absolutely right. Uh, Yeah. And, and it's like, and the the fundamental gears are the same. You're still dealing with inputs and outputs and compressors and, you know, equalizers and everything like that. But yeah, it's really fun because you're just, you're, you're, uh, just to be at the board and have the control of all the sound for just like an orchestra or something. And like, mm. I know, you know, being able to just paint the picture for everybody in that's experiencing it right there is like a really sort of uh, fun thing to do. Highly recommend, <laughs> but it, yeah, it's terrifying sometimes. Oh, I and can't I even say, imagine. Oh my God. But it taught me such good. I mean, just oh. again, it's like, I talked about that all the time of just being able to think on your feet. It teaches you how to do that. Cause it's just, there's oh, so many. Yeah. yeah. You, you have to events. react. You have to yeah, react. Event planning in general. Is, I, 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 my hat's off to any oh, event planners. It just, it's such a reactive yeah. job. I mean, it's like, a, yeah, you have to have a reaction it. like in, in seconds. I mean, at times it's right. just like, you can't think about it too much, which is like, 
horrific for overthinkers like myself to even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like, Oh my God, you know, it's, it, it's, it's stressful. It's a totally different way. You have mm. to like, it had, you know, rewire your brain almost, you know, in those yeah. situations, you have to basically like rewire your brain and go, well, I just have to do, you know, exactly. I, yep. I can't, I can't think about this for more than, you know, five seconds. Right. Yeah, no. Ex yeah, exactly. So uh, it teaches you that that to a T because because mm. yeah, it's all reactive thinking, unfortunately, when it's live, you know, right, you have Yeah, yeah. So bounce back a little bit to songwriting just for a little bit. Um, how do you combat um, the, the dreaded uh, creative slash writer's block and burnout? Like, mm. I, I know yeah. there's a lot of different strategies out there. I, I'm very curious about what you have to say about this, because I think you probably have a, diff a different perspective than a lot of other people on this coming from your philosophy background. And sure. Like... Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. So I, I sort of briefly touched on it. It's just... I've, I've have stopped trying to force it is really, yeah, is I think, you know, writer's block comes when you have to write when you, you know, and you're trying to, and, and then you can't. And so, yeah, it's a unsatisfying answer. I, I understand. Cause, but unless you're writing for the purpose of making money, you don't necessarily have to. And I think you'd be surprised. I think you would surprise yourself how quickly the muse, so to speak, would strike you if you just Put the pad of paper. It's just like going to sleep. As soon as you stop thinking about it, it's going to come. I and, uh, could not yeah. agree more. This is exactly my answer to that question. I at times have put my guitar down for like mm -hmm. months. I'm oh, not yeah. even kidding. Months. And I, I mean, I just, I couldn't look at the thing. But like, I at the same time did not. I, because I, I'm trying to make this stuff that was uninspired. It completely just i had nothing to write about i right. if you have nothing to write about don't write yeah like you know like i mean i i, I that's my theory i know well, some people are different and they like to write and force out bad right. songs and i think there's that right. other aspect of, of way of looking at it too is sure, write sure. bad songs and i agree about that yeah 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 and 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 i was gonna say again it, it's sort of what is your outcome because it's chicken, like chicken just, or the egg again here we go you know right. <laughs> <laughs> it always comes down to that well it's the idea that there's uh, you know again also not any right answer for this but but yeah if you know because some people sometimes though i will like tackle it as a exercise and just be like i'm gonna try to have a goal like what i'm, I'm trying to execute whatever like i want the song to be a uh, flamenco style and so like putting some parameters on it is one way no, to yeah. help with writer's block, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, if I, yeah, cause again, it's like, I think about it the same way with writing stuff generally, which anything, you know, yeah, exactly. Just like writing an essay, which, you know, is probably what I do more. And in, the, in that case, I have to, because it's for work. And so uh, just trying to frame the problem is the way that I sort of approach that and outline it. So that could be one way. I you know, I don't know if I really have tried that too. Oh, I, I guess I have with, with songwriting. I don't do it that often, but that would be one other way. If you don't, if you really need to write something, you know, just frame it and, and put the steps and then just execute. I mean, it's, yeah, <laughs> just execute, quote, just execute. So now to kind of bounce over to uh, like 
marketing yourself. Um, yeah, and <laughs> I know, is, I know, I, I could just tell already. You're like, oh no, I hate this it's question. Zero. That's the answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, I know, but I like to ask this to everybody because you know, it's I always like to see if you have a plan. Like, what, like, what do you your strategies for trying to stand out, and like, what do you want to offer in, to incentivize your fans, or do you even want to, you know, at some point in the future? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, cause yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I should probably think about this more because part of it is like, I was telling you off the podcast, like I was going to be more honest about like, yeah. you know, going to school. Like I haven't really talked about the, the medical stuff at all. And obviously not going to mention where I'm going, but a lot of keeping that all on the down low was for the purpose of just not, uh, misrepresenting anything. It's like, I'm not trying to give any sort of advice here or anything like that. Um, and, and I've always sort of, it's like, this is just, I'm doing this as an impulse. It's like, I couldn't stop doing this if I wanted to, I didn't, I wouldn't have to record it, but part of it's just like, I'm doing this and I have the ability to publish this stuff. So why not? Mm -hmm. Um, but there is a part of me that's like, you know, I'm going into a field where it's like, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know what people are, if people have an issue with like having a doctor that also does this stuff, then I guess that's just the reality, but it's, you know, uh, then I, you know, I'm going to have to sort of make a choice, but this is why I'm not really marketing it because I don't really have an expectation to become famous or anything like that. It's just, I, I would, I wouldn't be able to stop doing this if I wanted to, but I, you know, there's of course an ego part of me that thinks it's good and would like some people to maybe if they want to listen to it, have the ability to listen to it. Yeah. But, uh, I don't really know what the end game is to be honest, because oh. I don't foresee a future where I would ever like perform, uh, because, you know, I'm in a program that it's like, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, after this, I do residency and then I do fellowship. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, I've sort of locked myself into this this life that doesn't really isn't conducive to music uh professional certainly i'm actually just really glad you you did this um said this that whole answer i think is very important to me because i think you know it's it's very different than the answers i've gotten um Hmm. from a lot the other shows you know and I've done and and it's because that I think this is a very good realistic way of looking at things. Life is funny, you know, in terms of, you know, balance. Balance is such a um hard thing to maintain. And I think it's smart to not have that expectation always, like you do. And I, I think you know it, we definitely don't get let down nearly as badly, you know, when you just kind of go out and do and don't have that plan you know always it's it's sometimes you know and i know that's kind of how i am that's why it kind of resonates with me your answer because i i know i'm kind of the same way um i haven't done any professional recordings yet i'm not ashamed to admit it i'm okay with it i you know i consider myself right now a hobbyist player um you may be changing i would say my stuff isn't professional this is just all me i I oh no no i I, but it is in a way it is you're you recorded it and you got it out there on a service i have still have not done that you know for myself and you know like i said and that's okay Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that guys like if you haven't done that don't feel like you have to do what the joneses are doing you know it's it's not like it's not a race 
don't do what the Joneses are doing, but do what the Jonas Brothers Nothing. are doing, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, sorry, I had to. I had oh, to. my God. <laughs> oh, to bring them back into the floor. Oh, I was... I was not was not ready for that. I know. <laughs> oh, I gotta refocus my whole. Him. I have to refocus my my uh, my. Uh, <laughs> sorry, yeah, <laughs> sorry. I, I I need to rearrange my my dendritic spines and and you know. Uh, um, <laughs> oh God. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's it's okay to not have that plan sometimes, and you know, and just kind of do what take where it takes you. You know, go where it takes you. You know, and like I said, obviously everybody has jobs too like you you and you know me and a lot of other people and you know don't always you know you don't always have to head your bet i i got god i have all the respect in the world that to the people that go i'm gonna do this and, and do it full they say oh, i'm quit my job i'm gonna do it god oh my god you, you're you're and i i have no words of how brave you are and how i how inspiring that is for some people that's just not always so realistic and you have to understand that and it doesn't make you like a, a coward for not doing it you know it, it, it i mean we need to i i want to like emphasize that you know it, it, don't see it as like oh that person was more brave than me so i'm a failure you know it, everybody's situation is different everyone's yeah. got a different thing you know going on and you know they're maybe able to do, to do that you know maybe you're not at that moment maybe you will be in the future maybe you won't be we don't know. Yeah, well, life life and, is unpredictable. Yeah. And quite honestly, that's one reason that I, I, I feel like I stayed off social media for actually a while because I felt like I wasn't good enough and I was going to get trolled a lot. To be I, it, I, you know, and it's funny and, to me because you like you remind me of like the least TikTok type of person. If that makes <laughs> that makes yeah, sense. No, it, yeah, You're like the yeah. antithesis of the TikTok user. Yeah. No, I, I it's kind of like I, I almost wear it as a ba like it's fun. It's funny because when I yeah, when I tell people that they're kind of surprised that like I don't talk about the social media stuff with the people around me in my real life for the yeah. most part. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some people that follow me on it. I almost wish that they did it. <laughs> no, it's I'm not. I, I should say I, that. I no, understand no, no, that. Though. I get it. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. I do. But anyway, um, but no, it's it's more of just like I really do have tried to sort of uh uh, segment it was like son of honors is the alter ego in a way um <laughs> and uh uh i forgot yeah anyway i don't know i don't think i had a point it's with that spider but... spider man yeah that's like that's your, that's your spider man <laughs> yeah exactly yeah there you go yeah. yeah it's just like you know that's... great power comes great responsibility you know right. <laughs> well and, and oh well i guess just to your point of not yeah well and like I, I didn't go on, I didn't start Instagram until like 2017. And by that point for people our age, I mean, like people were on Instagram <laughs> long before then. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I think, I think holding off isn't a bad thing, but it's also like, there is a question of why not just put yourself out there if, especially for the point of getting better. Like, I really do feel like whether or not you're getting feedback from people, yeah. I think, all of the times that I've sort of listened to myself play has helped me get better because I'm critical of my own playing. And I'm like, right. I could have done that better. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, now going on years of that, then just 
you know iterates so oh yeah oh no i i definitely tiktok definitely triggers the perfectionist in myself a lot yeah <laughs> because i hear yeah. it back and i'm like oh god i gotta do that over yeah i gotta do oh, it again and then yeah. you're doing it again and and then you're repeating and and, yeah, you, know, and, 50, and you have a 50 times 50 times later it's like oh oh yeah i'm like you know what and, and this is actually a very interesting point and i never thought about this before maybe tiktok's a really good way to actually encourage practicing in that way yeah. if, you, if you have that mentality yeah. of well i think it is yeah i think you're right i think it well in its addictive nature i think it is because it is amazing how sort of uh uh motivated getting yeah. a really liked video right be too, it, it's like actually almost, another one right it almost becomes like you're you're practicing without realizing you're practicing and mm -hmm. i think that's what you know the struggle for people is like when they have it in their mind of oh i'm practicing when you don't look at it as a practice and you're putting it to a, an actual goal like that, I think it makes it so much easier because you're just naturally progressing. You're not doing right. natural reps instead of forced reps. Right. Exactly. Yeah, you're, no, I agree. You know, and it's funny because like, and I, always, again, I'm going to, I know the people that probably hate sports are probably just like, Oh God, here comes another sports reference. Here we go. But like, for me, it's like, there's there, you know, there's a term in sports, like practice players. There, there's these players, they go, they, they're so good in practice. They're so good. But then a game comes on and they're just like missing. Then there's the guys. I feel like that, I'm like that, honestly. And, and, <laughs> and then there's the guys that aren't even like, they sometimes don't even show up to practice. Really? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. There's, you know, show up the practice. Game comes along, they're they're golden. Yeah, they're set. Cause you know what it is to me, that's their practice. Hmm. Like the game itself it's, is it's their practice. Yeah, I, I think that's the way I see it. Huh. That's their that, rep. Right, right. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Cause well, cause I I I guess I'm I'm not saying I don't agree with that. It's just uh the way that I think about it but I think I come to the same conclusion is that they are just getting into their head in the actual performance, you know, whereas I think the people that really excel as athletes are good at, again, getting back to it, they're getting more closer to the sleeping machine mm. mentality where you're not thinking you're just doing, you're just practicing the, the routines that you have done in practice. And then, but the people that like, and I say this being one of the, it's like the amount of times I would be at the goal because I played the, the oh, right. you know, like the attack, part uh position in lacrosse and you know just like you'd be thinking the next step and mm. end up like dropping the ball or something because i'd be you know you're just not in oh. the moment you need to be in the moment to execute right. oh you see it all the time in, in football with the receiver is they right. they're thinking about where they're running after before right. they even catch the ball exactly you have to catch and the so, ball first so, <laughs> but i mean but i guess i'm saying that is i don't know if it would be helpful but i think for me that it's helped me in getting out of my head is realizing like, oh, stop thinking like or when I play like one of the hardest pieces for me to play as a classical guitarist, I think anybody is Bach because it's just so, you know, it's not a ABA thing like a verse, chorus, verse, chorus. It's just like this linear cycle of notes. And so it's easy to get lost. And I will have performed, you know, been uh, there's been plenty of times where I've been performing a Bach piece and I'll start thinking about how. I'm going to mess up or I'll start thinking about what's the audience thinking and then I'll mess up or something. You know, I'll like, I'll, right, right, right. whereas you just got to be in the moment. And uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, just getting back to that idea that 
you sort of have two types of people and anyway yeah yeah and yeah i don't know you know maybe i maybe i you know i'm maybe too linear about it you know you know there's maybe a lot of shades of gray in between that and those well sure yeah and again as like i'm not even saying what you're saying is i'm not saying it's not right as i'm just sort of sharing uh how i approach looking at that scenario um so for um so you know and i like to ask this question too sometimes because i i feel like where you grow up sometimes can really like affect your music um Mm -hmm. uh so you i from i'm just thinking you said you grew up in chicago right uh, outside or, of chicago uh, so just outside uh, of chicago mm-hmm. how do you yeah. feel that inspired if it did hey um, that i could be completely wrong it had nothing to do with how your sound is uh do you feel like it, it inspired your sound a little bit or yeah i do i think blues you know like the chicago blues uh like i grew up on listening to that sort of stuff buddy guy my parents uh, love buddy uh, guy who's mm-hmm. just a staple muddy waters was it you know from or he was from the south but he you know obviously moved up to chicago and did right. a lot of his blues there mm-hmm. um so uh that's the stuff that my parents and my brother have always listened to so blues was always in the house and i feel like if i have any blues uh sound it's because of that oh um, and I, I mean i could see it too i mean just even yeah. just in the in the the way you know the percussion that you do on, right. on the instrument just it's very much like you know those guys were like one man bands in themselves a lot of yeah. times yeah and, yeah exactly yeah there's a lot of sort of you can you know it's the thing you can be percussive without using percussion right you can be rhythmic without necessarily hitting percussion with your mouth everything exactly it's... Or, or again getting back to like emphasizing beats with consonants you know emphasizing a beat with a t consonant yep. or something like yeah, that yeah. Uh, or a b consonant um and uh and yeah so blues is probably the biggest influence uh for regional um and then i don't know if like accent i've been told that i don't have a very discernible accent though but uh, uh i would i would disagree i could i could tell you're a midwesterner like oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah. god yeah i i hear it like so much i'm like <laughs> i'm like oh god he's got such chicago <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean yeah so but it's funny because i you know i like i was saying i lived on the east coast for a little bit and they didn't really know where to place me and when i came down <laughs> to texas people actually thought i was from like the central texas like like the, wow. like the boonie the boonies that's funny. and uh <laughs> And uh, so it was surprising to me, but yeah, no, I agree. There are certain things that I'll say that is like, oh, you know, it's like you'll get yeah. the Midwestern or yeah. come out and in you know, like okay, and I don't know, you know, so, you know, so is one. Do you feel Texas at all inspired uh, you a little bit? Um, a l- little bit, but I don't know. I you know because the problem is, is like my time in Texas has been. Uh, weird for a number of reasons oh yeah the, the covid right. being like half of my time has been during oh COVID, so. no <laughs> yeah no it's okay i mean everybody's experiencing this so yeah um and then i was you know two years before that but it was med school so it's just like i wasn't doing anything uh, i wasn't really experiencing the city unfortunately it's just i had no time right. and now i'm in grad school so i have more time but it's like uh it's covid so <laughs> yeah no win um, situation <laughs> yeah no yeah but uh i'm hoping to sort of uh be a little bit more active honestly i don't own a car 
So, so I don't actually like uh. it. So I lived in DC before, after Uh-oh. college, I lived in DC. And so you don't need a car in DC. You don't need a car in Chicago. Uh, or, you know, where I was from Oak park is where I was from. Uh, yeah, and right. then, uh, I went to Madison, Wisconsin for undergrad oh. and you don't, you don't need a, a car there. So, and now it's just like, uh, yeah, I, I should probably get a car. So if I get a car, I'll be more motile <laughs> and then, uh, and then I'll probably go and do more things and everything like that. I have a friend in Austin now who's a musician and it'd be good to go out and he's always wanting me to play with him. So, uh, not always, I shouldn't say that he might not always want me to play with him, but he's asked me to play with him. Yeah, <laughs> like I've given myself a little too much credit here. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to give myself that much credit, but, uh, but it would be at least great to see him or, you know, and just, I have a friend in new Orleans too. So to go and I mean, all these aren't necessarily like everything's so much, it's like living on the East coast. It's like, I remember driving up to New York while I was in DC and oh it's like, God. it's like the distance to Dallas. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. But that's... it's like, you go through, you go through Philadelphia, you go through Baltimore. It's oh. like the number of cities you go through. It's, 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 crazy. it's, it's wild. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I did the drive from, uh, you know, Connecticut to Chattanooga, Tennessee once. Wow. Yeah, how what, me, me and a friend did, I should say we shared the driving and it, you know, it's just wild how much you see, you yeah. know, like, like yeah, but there's also that just that stretch from like Pennsylvania to like Virginia that is just god awful. Beautiful. And, oh, 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 <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe, it, I don't know what that... area we're talking about. I, I love it. I love <laughs> no, no. Well, so I was gonna say, I just there's really nice forested areas in Pennsylvania, but I don't see, know what see, parts for, you're talking about. For me. About. Driving yeah. through that is like I'm gonna about fall like asleep. It. Really? Oh, <laughs> I'm about to fall again, asleep driving you're through. You're from that. the East Coast, though, right? You're yes. from the East Coast. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, from being like the foliage isn't that different, but it is a little. And obviously in Pennsylvania, which is like you know you're starting to transition, but there is I don't know I don't know why, but yeah, and then that stretch where you get into Maryland as Yo, you go yeah. into DC, it's yeah. just like there's just all of these stretches of deciduous forest yeah. is very nice. I yeah, it's, it's it's a little weird for me. I mean, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I grew up like I grew up like, you know, there was like where I grew up, you know, there's there's a lot of, you know, trees and everything and and but like there's a lot of like stuff to break that up too where it is there's just yeah. those stretches where through that east coast area, man, where it's just like, "Oh my god, it's just Yeah, I don't know. Nothing. I guess there's I mean, I'm not saying that there's not industrial waste land in in the east coast but there's just there's so much in the midwest and sadly that i it might also be that is like because you're driving through that for most of your drive until you hit pennsylvania and then once you hit pennsylvania you're like oh man this is beautiful it's just it could be just the comparison also god bless Um, you for even attempting to drive into new york i mean i I, (laughs) you're you're a braver man i almost ended up in new york for school i i was deciding basically between being in new york and texas and i i just for what i was trying to do Uh texas made more sense Uh you definitely Um, wouldn't have driven there either (laughs) i'll tell you that no no well exactly (laughs) exactly and uh yeah um but i but i stayed firm in my desire i uh i drove i, like, into... I don't want a car like i want a car but i don't want to it's so, i you know, i drove into the city one time and i wanted to jump off a bridge yeah I, i've was... driven in chicago enough it, to know that's a it's, never, it's yeah nightmarish nightmarish oh, yeah. No, i yeah. never again did i do that i went on the train oh, next yeah. time i'm like i learned my lesson i'm like i'm taking the train next time yeah no i mean i drove through manhattan in my car is horrible oh. it's like it but chicago is i mean new york don't get me wrong is an exponential like level uh, bigger yeah but chicago is 
big people. Oh, that's a big kiss. city. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's definitely, I've heard stories. Yeah, I got that chip on my shoulder as a Midwesterner, you know. I know, like, I know. Hey, we're here, everybody. I, I know a few guys from Chicago and yeah, yeah I, I know it's, it's definitely a, it's city. It's city, you know. And the, yeah, no, and but, the, and, and the point is I agree completely is the, the, just the stress of driving in a city. I mean, oh. Houston is, is I'm sure. the size of Chicago, but uh, you know, obviously it's more like LA and, but still just, you know, it's just driving and sit. Cause you know, I've obviously driven in Houston and yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, so I, I like to ask this question. Um, so favorite three albums, like oh, I, man. I, 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 I sometimes I call it desert Island albums, but I, I found that that cliche started to become really like, like really cliched and i'm kind of getting tired of using it so i'm just gonna just basically what your what something like what if you had to pick like three yeah. uh, maybe maybe not it has to be like your all-time favorite but three albums that maybe have impacted you like a lot yeah well the fr the first one that comes to mind is the empyrean by john frusciante oh my um, goodness oh mm -hmm. i love that choice i'm yeah, not yeah i i think i believe that's his um was that like when he electronic got went a little more electronic or if right i'm right before that basically. yeah yeah i i wasn't as crazy about that sound it he was, was his last it was his last you could think of it as a, yeah his last like classical album in a yeah way, right before he because it he it was what 2008 or 2009 yeah 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 it was something around yeah. that time yeah, period yeah. but um wow i've I loved was a that junior I, in high school so i was like it was just hit me in exactly the right way at that moment in my life and it's just really imprinted on me um why, why am i not shocked you're a john fan like I, i'm not oh, like, yeah dude i, yeah. I am not shocked in the least like oh, i mean yeah, i'm a huge john yeah. fan myself i actually have a t-shirt of yeah. him and everything I, really oh wow yeah, yeah no he's 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 uh definitely probably him and like paco are like in terms of guitarists are probably the most uh, influential for single guitarist i've listened to, i don't you know? think people realize how good of a guitarist john is uh yeah he's great and a musician I, just a really I, oh john it's just a brilliant yeah. mind i mean oh yeah. my lord i mean it, it's just um what that that guy's mind well it works is just um unbelievable i mean i yeah. I, I it was probably to his detriment unfortunately a couple times in his life you know but yeah. you know for obvious reasons you know um I, and it's funny because like it's crazy because some of the drugged out stuff that he made, I, I mean, is better than some people, what they can do sober. You know? <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. And, I, and obviously yeah. He, it's stuff that he's not uh, particularly proud of, but you know, yeah. you're talking about the, Niandra and it, the kind of, kind of, well, actually more like, was it like smile from the streets that you hold, you know, is like kind of the album that he made. And, you know, he basically right. said he made it for drug money, you know, and right. You know, but there's some really good stuff on that, even though as he's like half dying, you know, there's just some amazing music on it regardless yeah no i agree yeah he uh yeah he's a big influence and his sound and and, and when the chili peppers too you know uh because that's obviously that's how i've heard of oh, you know found out oh, about obviously it. Like stadium yeah. arcadium came out my eighth grade <laughs> yeah eighth grade when stadium arcadium came out and oh. it's just like me and my friends it just it blew our minds <laughs> <laughs> and uh and uh and that's when i became hooked on frusciante um and his yeah it's just like he has some guitar parts on uh because stadium arcadium is a really influential album for me too i listen yeah. to that that album that chili peppers album a lot because like it's particularly the last four songs on that album 
I would just like play as I would go like drive out to my guitar lesson in high school. Uh, uh, you know, my like I was talking about forgetting things as you learn new things. I've pushed, yeah. you know, on, on the top of my head, I've pushed the names of the songs out. But the last four on Stadium Arcadium are influential. And then just other albums, uh, White Blood Cells by the White Stripes. The White Stripes is oh. one of my go-to. Like Jack White, another oh. big influence. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Led Zeppelin. I mean, they were the first like rock and roll band I really got hooked on. Pink Floyd, The Beatles. Oh, God. Like, yeah. the, really the White Album and yeah. you know, the later stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, there's, there's so many things. Like right now, I've been trying to really listen to a lot of different uh, uh, like new like contemporaries, I would say. People my age and around my age you know like people that are actively releasing music but the stuff i grew up on it was yeah it was all that stuff um and yeah i would highly recommend people to check out paco de lucia because i think he has some really great albums with the singer camarón de la isla and uh there's just like a really just good album i forget the name of it because it's in spanish but just these two you know spaniards just whacked out on cocaine playing music i mean what's wrong you know, how, <laughs> like, that's the best marketing uh, i've ever heard for anything i'm i'm sold i'm like yeah <laughs> no but it's just really good because uh all right i should say allegedly all right I'm not Alleg trying to get allegedly 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 <laughs> um and rest in peace also because i think they're both oh, deceased, so oh. i should i should i should shut my mouth right now i'm speaking ill i'm not speaking ill i'm not saying uh, yeah, that no, no. Is, no judgment, but anyway, it's a really good album, and um, and and yeah, I can't. I wish I could remember. It's got a green cover, but I I would just binge that album, and I feel like that album had a lot. It's just like again talking about imprinting audio sounds onto your mind, just like the rhythms. I, like I haven't really ever studied flamenco, but I've listened to a lot of flamenco, and just you can you can just take up rhythms without even realizing it, and I think I did a lot just that way mm. because. Uh, yeah, it's just something about the the rhythm of flamenco music is really always cool. I, I'm curious what you think about um, pre uh, John uh, Red Hot Chili Pepper stuff. Um, well, I'm talking like Halel Slovak when he was guitar player. I don't know if you've yeah, delved, in, yeah. delved into it at I did. all. Yeah, no, I was I, a big Chili I, Pepper fan. I almost think it's a, they're they're still. almost they're almost like a very different band. I I think. Yeah, they're totally um, totally like a very funk very mm -hmm. funk like driven band i mean they, they weren't it's not like they weren't funk driven after that they they yeah. obviously always had that influence in their sound but they were really leaned into it back yeah. in the in the 80s you know right yeah no i i like you know i liked it a lot more when i was younger in that i just listened to it a lot more i won't say that i don't like it now i guess uh, but i don't listen to the early like if i go back and listen to the chili peppers it's generally gonna be like later stuff um I don't listen. It's going to be for Shante stuff. And yeah, I'll, I'll, I, listen I, yeah. And, I'll listen to one hot minute though. I like the David oh, yeah. Varro stuff too. Oh yeah. No, um, very underrated album, by the way. Uh, I get shit on a lot, but for yeah. whatever reason, I don't know why, but it, it actually yeah. has some very good stuff on it. David Varro is awesome. But like, if you want me to stay on uh Oh, the cover of, yeah, if you want me to stay, uh, it's yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, I should say, I really like the Sly and the Family Stone version, you know, version, <laughs> the original version of that song. You're a little turtle comes to mind <laughs> yeah 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 right right, right, right. Uh, like, yeah. Uh, it's like it's just yeah, yeah. they just did some really wacky stuff when when the slow uh hello was uh was a guitar player 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, they did. So no, no. So I liked it. Yeah, police helicopter shot this guy. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Like that it, stuff you could just get really pumped up on. So I remember being in high school and we would just use that music to just get like just wild, you know, just like to you know get all that <laughs> energy uh, out, you know, yeah. energy out. Yeah, you just whatever. And um, uh, and then yeah, now I'm old and tired. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no, and like the chili. I always like talking about the chili peppers because they're just a very fascinating band to me because they just went through yeah. so many weird phases different phases yeah. and like different yeah. like iterations of them and all of the group i'm not even like the biggest red hot chili peppers fan but like i like some of their songs you know a lot of their songs i should say but like i wouldn't call myself a super fan or anything but i just always found their their career arc very interesting so um, yeah. I'm like, it's interesting to see how they like kind of influenced you in, in terms, especially John. Yeah, no, they influenced quite a bit. I would say they were them. Yeah, the Chili Peppers are probably the most influential uh, to the point where like I feel like I was sounding like them too much. To yeah. Play uh, and kind of had to get away from that. that. That's something I think we all have to be careful about as artists too. You know, like we when we let those inspirations kind of seep too much into our work, mm-hmm. and we have that risk of impersonating um i know that you know there's definitely some musicians that get a lot of shit for that too uh, you know like i know over the years and i and i love him too and i but i completely understand this critique of him but like lenny kravitz i know got that a lot you know it's like oh he lets yeah. his insp- inspirations like influence him too much i'm like right sure i can see that but at the same time you, you gotta respect how well he does it yeah no he's yeah no, um he's, he's very good you know i know and i know like bruno mars gets that a lot too um he kind of gets that 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 big that big type of criticism um uh, oh does he uh, yeah yeah uh, um, uh greta van fleet another one that comes to mind mm-hmm. um i'm not a huge yeah. fan of theirs but but yeah you know they definitely got the you know the what's up one light comparisons right. a lot you right. know and you know and, and i guess it, it is a hardest balance to strike sometimes well and i always got the impression they were doing that sort of with eyes wide open i don't know if they were aiming to do that but i think they're well aware oh they i mean they must be yeah i I, like uncanny almost (laughs) you know and i think you know some of that is 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 maybe them but also molly a lot of that too is record label you know and and we have to we have to remember that too you know those guys Mm -hmm. have a lot of influence on the industry yeah Yeah. and i'm which is unfortunate because it's a record label is going to want to do things uh safely things that have been done before and proven and that's like that works in the antithesis to art is art's all about exploring the unknown that's a great segue into this next question and i was gonna say um (laughs) i am sorry to do this but my parents have called me three times now so i should probably do you how many more questions do you have oh let me asking oh i um not not a lot so i if okay. you want to if you want me to, i could wrap this up right now it's not a big deal I, I well or if, to, if you have we can do one more one or two more questions yeah i didn't mean to end abruptly oh no i was, I was a, uh i should probably uh make sure nothing's wrong in uh, uh yeah, soon yeah. oh yeah no um so i might how do you feel about the current music industry model as it stands yeah right now? uh yeah, I, I guess I, I feel like I haven't thought about it enough to have a, a, a very well-formed opinion be, beyond what I think the normal person would think of like, uh, it's obvious that streaming is a, is a, it's a way to pay artists, but you're not, you know, paying them nearly enough probably. And, uh, but I say that as it, it is a solution to what I think everybody was freaking out about 20 years ago and has forgotten of just like, the internet and Napster sort of upended 
the music industry and it's been trying to figure out how to make money ever since uh for better or worse right um so i think i think yeah i think a lot of exploitation still happens i think less happens than it used to uh and i think uh it's it seems from because my siblings i should say are professional musicians people should check them out duo tandem is my brother's classical guitar duo duo tandem and then my sister's a professional musician lauren anderson you can find her stuff all of that is on spotify if you just search lauren anderson duo tandem there's my plug for for my (laughs) siblings and so i'm just saying this they talked to me about this telling you it's like the way that you make money is touring if you want to make money as a as a musician because streaming it's like you can make money but it's doesn't seem like it's enough minuscule um certainly i don't make anything (laughs) make like very little off of streams as anybody that goes and sees how many monthly listeners i have will know and uh so so yeah that's why it's like i said it's like i haven't really been thinking about this as it would be a career for me so i haven't thought too deeply about it i would say no yeah not and and i think that's that's a solid answer you know i mean like like you said it's 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 what we, I think a lot of us have, have dealt with in the industry yeah. now, it's like, you know, how do you find a way to monetize? How do you, you know, it's, it's, it's the right. way different ways now, you know, it's the more of the merch and more of the touring, you know, and that's the big part of it. And I always tell people, it's like, if you want to, if you really want to make the money off it, you got to do that stuff now, you know, right. that's, that's like really, you have to go that extra mile and make sure you have that stuff. If that's what you want, mm-hmm. you don't yeah, have to. Yeah. And- and I mean, that's the thing is, it's like you're making less money than you probably would have if you had not done it been or and if you had made if you had grown up in the 60s and then like right, yeah. been one of the lucky ones to get a record deal. You yeah, yeah. Made a lot. Oh, no, so, yeah, less. sometimes definitely... I mean, or you'd be Credence and John Fogarty and you get yeah. screwed over by your oh, record royalties. Company, right. Oh, so God. so yeah. but the point is that uh, you also have the ability to publish yourself now that you didn't have you know, yeah. in the past. So always, there's... always, always, always own your masters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I, like I've said on my pre- previous shows. <laughs> well, yeah. I will repeat it as many times as I have to. <laughs> always, always, always yeah, own your masters. Definitely. Don't end up like yeah. De La Soul. <laughs> yeah, or Taylor Swift. Or Yeah, right. But I don't want to keep you any longer, Eric. I know you got things to, to take care of. Um, I appreciate you having having you on. Um, son of oh, Anders. Eric, son of Anders. Um, you can find him on all streaming services, Spotify, Apple Music. Um, I mean, anywhere, anywhere you can listen to music, basically he's there. Yeah. So, um, and social media wise, where can we find you? I'm going to put it in the bio. Um, yeah, I think, oh gosh, I don't know. It's probably, <laughs> you forgot your own link site. Well, yeah. it's, it's like, it's son of Anders. Oh, I don't have a website. I mean, the Instagram is son of Anders, but it's like son underscore Anders underscore, or, you know, cause it's yeah, like uh, somebody has yeah. son of Anders and yeah. I think it, it's, you know, son of Anders on TikTok. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, oh, I got son of honors on TikTok, So okay. it's just at son of honors on TikTok, and YouTube, you know, if you Google, you'll probably very, find it. Very good. Very good. And that's cool. what I'll be doing. That's what I'll be doing <laughs> later. So to, to put it, I put it the, the podcast bio in. Right. So, all right. I really appreciate this. I just want to say thank you. This has oh. been really fun and I appreciate you asking me. So. Yeah, man, of course. I, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I, I always do for everyone doing this. So Thank you, everybody, for listening. Take care, and uh, I'll see you next time.